so I, I've been meaning to ask you, it's always kind of been on something I wanted to ask you for a while, it's been on my mind, is your approach to social media is, is, is very different than I would say a lot of other dealerships, right? I mean, if I go to your social media account, I see more pictures of people than I necessarily see pictures of cars. Which you think of most, when you look at most dealerships, like social media accounts, it's just, let me show you all my cars, right? And they think that's social media, but you bring a very kind of a, a personal family element to it. So I'm curious, why? So when I started my social media account, it was actually my own personal account that mm -hmm. I turned into the business one. And what happened while I was doing it, I was getting a lot of interest with more personal stuff on it rather than putting pictures of cars. Because to me, I don't think people are on social media looking for cars or to purchase sure. cars. I think it's more of brand awareness when you're putting it on social media rather than try to bombard them to purchase a vehicle. So for me, I brought in that personal factor. Like I actually put pictures of my family. I have customers who actually sent me pictures of them with their cars and their family that I post on my page. A lot of times, as I said, a lot of people on social media, I tend to make it more personal rather than business. Well, because people want to connect with people. Like, I don't think necessarily people want to connect with products. I always think it's really kind of weird that almost all of the stuff we put out there has to do with with the product. I mean, see, I look at your social account and I see the people. I see you guys having fun. I see you at family events. I see you guys celebrating birthdays. Okay, now I gotta ask about the birthday thing. Because it seems like you're selling a birth, you're celebrating a birthday every single week. Um, so you celebrate every single staff's. Every single staff's birthday. I actually did a birthday for one of my staff that wasn't there. So <laughs> yeah, so we did a surprise party and we told her to come by and uh, we got her a cake and everything so it was pretty nice she got surprised and as i said like we're very loyal to our staff and as i said like if, even if they don't work for us they're still part of our bell auto family mm -hmm. and one of our things that a lot of people talk about our social media pages like you know i have random people messaging on social media and saying they love my page just because of the fact that I have happy customers in it. I have personal pictures of myself and my family. Mm -hmm. So it's not only business. It's more of my family and I'm sharing my family with everyone else who yeah. is purchasing from Bell Auto or following Bell Auto. So I make it very personal. And as I said before, like for my company, I want people to know the people that work there rather than you're just buying one product that you're leaving yeah so I want loyalty from my customers as well to make sure that we're all in this together and we're there to help them as well throughout their process so even if they need anything down the road or if they have any automotive related questions or friends or family needs advice we're there to help them as well now it, it does all kind of come down to having happy customers but to have happy customers you have to have happy employees at least that's the model, I, yeah. model I've always yeah. had, right? It's like the happier my employees, the happier are my customers. I saw how the two of them correlated with each other, right? So, you know, did, was that just something because of what happened with you organically, or was that kind of intentional to let's focus on staff happiness because it'll create customer happiness? You know what it was? Just because of the fact that I told you, like, me and my dad are very close to each other. Yeah. And I wanted everyone to have that relationship within the work environment. So over time, we just kind of adapted to the structure that we're all family. 
and before we knew it it was just like we're becoming closer to each other so we can share our personal stories with each other we can ask for personal advice we can ask for you know come to my house we're having like a small gathering so it's very one-to-one and everybody that's there as i said we're very close to each other so it's not just at work it's like my wife is very close with uh, one of my colleagues wife and they're just friends and like you know like all the employees are friends with each other like their families are friends through events and stuff like that so it kind of builds that environment too so that way it just brings everybody closer to each other but you know i also understand though that that's not necessarily for everybody like i like i'm gonna admit something to you it doesn't necessarily work well for me i've tried <laughs> and you know i, I, I just recently take advantage of it you know what I, I just recently did a video kind of warning people you know that you don't necessarily have to like somebody to work with them and that's kind of the premises i've always been like like look I don't, you know, my staff's going to watch this. They're going to hate me for saying this. You know, I don't like half the people that, you know, I work with. Not in the sense of, like, I don't appreciate what they do. I greatly appreciate what they do. It's just, I'm not going to go out and have a their, beer with them. Their attitude. You know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to relate yeah, to them. Yeah, I'm just, and, but, but their work ethic is yeah. solid, and they get stuff done. Um, and, and, and that seems to work for me. It's not ideal. You know, I, I would love to be in a place where you are, where you have that that connection and that that loyalty that comes from being a family environment. Uh, but I just don't think everybody can get to that place. It's not necessarily my forte. I think it's either either it's something in you, or you just yeah. you, either you have it or you don't have it, kind of a thing. You know what? It took a long time for us to get to the level where I'm at. Yeah, and I really had to weed out the people that were kind of harming the environment. Yeah. And as you said, there are staff members that are, you can't be close with them just because of many different reasons. Sure. But for me, I kind of put the two and two together. And if there was a conflict at work or there was an issue, I would address it. Yeah. And I would bring them up and say, okay, you know what? Like we're working together. What is it about that person that you don't like? Or what is it about the things that they do or things like that? And I would actually bring it up and I'm not afraid of it. And I would address the other person and say you know what like the things that you say to this per person is hurtful or the way you look at them or the way you ignore them or the way you do things is hurtful to the other person and honestly it's helped us a lot and we adapted to this culture that if something happens basically address it right away don't hold grudges don't yeah. uh, you know if someone says something about you like don't hold back on things you know just bring it out if someone did say something it might have been un unintentional it might have been something that they didn't mean to say and maybe it was just at the moment that that said something they didn't mean yeah so a lot of times we've solved a lot of issues just by talking to each other like as I said like it they're very mature people the staff that I have uh -huh. and we don't have those conflicts but at the end of the day if something does come up we try to address it right away and I think that's helped us a lot in the future like in the past and moving in the future that we don't have any conflicts with our staff because as I said like everybody treats each other as family yep and if they do have anything to say to each other if there's a problem they'll try to resolve it themselves if they can resolve it they'll come to me and uh, you know they're they're very surface stuff so well, I think resolution is really key if you're going to create that type of environment, right? I mean, exactly. you got to think about it, like, I've been in a lot of dealerships, you know, right? Hundreds, maybe thousands of dealerships. And, you know, I, I, I got to admit to you that I don't know of a lot of dealerships that have a solid resolution strategy. You know, it's kind of like, you know, look, employees are going to have issues with each other. It happens. 
I mean, hell, I, mean, I actually saw a fist fight break out one time over a split deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that's true. You know, so it's like, I, I think if you're going to maintain that type of environment, you have to have that resolution strategy. Now, again, was that something that was kind of planned or is that something that kind of came about because your goal objective was to create that family environment? I think what it is, it's about respect. Mm, okay. And that's the main thing. So if you care about your staff, if you respect them as individuals, I think you'll have a different approach to them. A lot of times I believe in different dealerships, maybe the management who's in charge does not care about the company as much as the owners do. Sure. And I personally feel that hurts the company because a lot of times those managers are there for the dollar sign and numbers. Yep. So they don't care about the staff that works there. They only care about the stats. And to me, we tend to do both. Mm -hmm. So it's not only about numbers, it's about the individuals working there too. So we try to make sure that all the staff and all the people that we work with is happy. And by that, I mean making sure that they, they, won't into, they, they don't run into conflicts with yeah, each other. 100%. If there's a split deal, they're the ones who actually offer to help each other. They don't even do split deals at my dealership. Like if someone needs help or the other person is not there, they'll be They're more than help. happy to do but it for free. That's taken years and years of empowerment into yeah. a team to be able to get to that place. And you know that, that's what I'm saying. And that's the reason I'm bringing it up because I think people that are watching or listening to this, you know, have to know that this is not something that happens overnight. Exactly. You know that this is you know to get to that type of team and that type of environment, you know, it, it does require a lot of work. And you know, it's it's not necessarily the right strategy for everybody. You it's know, hard. but, it, it's, but it's very cool that you guys have embraced yeah. that strategy. And I think, honestly, probably it's very out of effective. all the places I've met, it probably executed it. It's the very best. effective. It's very effective. And the main thing is, like as I said, for us to be able to strategize it, yes, is to have everybody as equals. Yes, and that's where I think we mastered it. Because if by chance there are people who see themselves above the other person yes they'll never put themselves at that level uh, so I completely agree so if there's a manager that sales staff is doing something and they they see themselves at a hierarchy level and they see themselves above that person they'll never get themselves to apologize to that person they'll never get themselves to come sit at the table with that person and try to negotiate with them they'll just see some see themselves as someone better yeah and i think that's why for us um it's very important that we'll we talk to you later abdul we're, yeah. we're doing a podcast <laughs> no. yeah, we don't want any <laughs> i know stop interrupting <laughs> me guys yeah so that's the thing so for me as i said like it's very important that we keep that relationship within each other yes to be able to talk to each other because if someone sees themselves above someone else within the dealership environment i think that's when you're going to have those problems because i used to have that ego problem with my staff in the past as well and i think sometimes the ego gets in the way and they won't be able to get past that ego and as i said if well, you ego does affect our business in a pretty big way doesn't big it? time big the way time. we manage people oh, i mean heck the way we buy cars the, the decisions oh, yeah. we make in our processes 100%. you know um, you, you said something earlier that uh, really struck a chord with me because you know i've recently commented and made a post about this that how i, I really feel like from you know a used car manager position that we really have to redefine what that position is now, you've already kind of done that you don't have a manager 
That's, no. that's it's, it's very different. Not at all. So I, I want to elaborate and kind of dive more into why you chose not to have a manager. The thing about our dealership is we're very family oriented. Yep. And if you want to keep it on a personal level, I personally think the owner should be more involved in day-to-day -day action. A lot of my colleagues in the industry that are owners, they see themselves at another level. They don't associate with them with customers, they don't associate themselves with sales staff or even their employees. They feel like just because I'm paying someone to work there as a manager, they should be doing my job. And yep. the thing that I've noticed is the manager doesn't care as much as an owner does. Sure. And when you run into conflicts with customers or when there is conflicts at the dealership, they tend to favor the people that they're friends with or yeah. they tend to favor the people that has more advantages for them to be uh, taken sides for. So in my structure, there is no team, like there's no one-sidedness. So everybody works as a team. And yeah, see, that's the team thing. Because it, I mean, when you think about it, think about what like a, a typical used car manager role is inside most dealerships, right? I mean, they're wearing six or seven different bloody hats, exactly. right? I mean, they gotta be, they gotta be a Wall Street stockbroker. They gotta be a marketing guru. Yeah. Uh, they gotta be a hostage negotiator. Um, they, you know what I mean? Like the list just continues to go on. And I just think to shove all of these hats, which we love to do in our industry, into one individual yeah. is not really a good idea. And it, you guys, I mean, are really kind of the proof in that pudding. You guys have taken all of those different hats and kind of, you know, shared all of the responsibilities amongst your team or certain team yes. members are wearing a, a bigger percentage of the hat than others are. But it's, it never comes down to kind of one person's responsibility. Yeah. It's everybody's responsibility. Good thing you pointed on that. I think one of the key to our success is the fact that we share the work. Yeah. That's so that's very important. Like my staff right now, like we have a huge showroom and it's not one person's responsibility to take care of the showroom. I've divided the showroom into different sections and every section has someone in charge of that section. Mm. So assuming if it's price tags, if the car needs gas, if the battery doesn't start or whatever else, there is a person in charge to let someone know that this car has a problem. And the individuals who are working in the back as service people and mechanics are the ones who tend to take care of these things sure and they need to have communication within each other and a lot of times if there's no communication or they don't know who to turn to or who to talk to I think that's where the problem starts because a lot of times there are good people within the company that want to help out they want to do things and they tell the manager but the manager is so busy he tends to forget or he tends to do other things that are more important and a lot of things get basically put in the drawer and they it's don't look at the them. jack of all trades master of nothing kind of scenario right but you guys have totally avoided that scenario because you have defined masters of certain aspects of the business that are required to, to have someone's full attention on a regular basis yeah. basically it's training yeah that's what it is and follow through so one of our key to success is we have weekly meetings we have daily meetings mm -hmm. and they're very quick we're not there talking for hours it's just <laughs> like literally grouping each other knowing what we're planning for the day or the, for the next little while like yep. a couple hours and we're gonna go do it like it's kind of like a basketball game or a baseball game that you know this is your time now like this is the game put your game face on and that's it go do what you got to do don't leave it till tomorrow don't leave it for the next game 
and for me like this is funny how we're getting to that right now I see mm -hmm. myself as a coach and I <laughs> see good. my guys as my dream team yes. and I tell them like you guys are my dream team so I have my staff and everyone within that team is the best at what they do and we work as a team. So my structure is like a sports team. It's not like, okay, you know what, like there is someone on top that we got like the superstar and then we got the runners and then we got this, we got the mechanic. So everybody's as equals and everybody's part of this dream team. And being part of that dream team, you have to be the best at it. If you want to maintain your position, if you want to be successful in what you do, you have to be part of that dream team and you have to do it. And it's done through training, it's done through exercises, it's done through um, basically repeating your steps, follow through, having it's results. It's practice, practice, practice. So that's the thing. Like, it's very important that... Oh, dude, it's you know, just... You it, you know, it's taking things. that that uh, professional sports approach yeah. uh, that, that really does show... You know what? I've seen other teams, you know, do a really good job of that, right? Of, of understanding that this is a team environment, right? You're going to have certain team members that are going to have uh, other talents and others, exactly. you know, but it's just, it's, it's just putting the right player in the right place in the right environment for them to really grow yeah. into it. And I find too often we end up putting people into positions that don't belong. It's not necessarily yeah. the, the, their, thing, the, their yeah. strength. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean, look, look. If they're great at you know pressing the ball down the court, then that's positions they should be playing, and they don't necessarily need to shoot, shoot yeah. right? Um, so that's exactly our approach as well. So as we were getting into that, like as I said, like I have the dream team, mm -hmm. and my guys, I honestly tell them that they're part of the dream team and be proud of it. Like we're probably one of the best used car dealerships in the GTA. We've got numerous awards. We're the Consumer's Choice. Uh, um, we won the Consumer's Choice like Award. Yeah. Six, seven years Six, in a row. Six, seven years. And we <laughs> have a very good Google rating. We're at 4.7 yep. with over 400 reviews. It's really hard to maintain a 4.7 Google review with so many reviews. Because well, I have to applaud also your guys' consistency in responding to them. Yes. You know, it's I mean, you guys are yeah. definitely put a significant amount of weight yeah. on that and you must have developed out a solid process to to not only ask for it but also maintain the conversation the communication efforts yeah. back and forth so that even a bad review is not it's necessarily true. a yeah. bad review for you you we know tried, what i mean like try I've to seen, change it yeah yeah it's, it's like look we're just willing to have the open conversation you know we understand you feel that way it, yeah. you look perception is truth not truth is truth right so exactly. we understand that you perceive that is your truth we're not going to disagree with you but we want to work with you all right so that we can you know find a happy medium somewhere and so so tell me about the google reviews because you guys do again yeah also excel hugely with your google reviews when did that start and how did that process kind of come about well basically with our google reviews i wasn't really into it in the beginning yeah. until i had customers coming in and asking for certain individuals at the dealership to okay. sell them cars which i thought it was really odd and then we realized that people are actually using google reviews to find their salesperson as well so it's not just about a matter of Got getting that. the reviews for the company it's about your staff for me i think i'm one of the very few dealerships that allows my salespeople to be in the photos yeah and yeah. take photos with the customers and i've gotten heat for it from other dealers because they're telling me what if that individual no yeah, longer see that's always work. been the thing right yeah. especially on the social side i know we were talking about yeah. it earlier but there's always that what if there's a fear factor that seems yeah. to go into that so for me as i said like i tell them i want my guys to excel above and beyond while they're with me 
So I've had managers working for me and they didn't want to teach my staff certain things. Like hmm. let's say submitting deals or you know how to do certain things within the dealership. They, with, they withhold, withhold knowledge, knowledge because it creates power. And they're scared that they're going to take that knowledge next door. Yeah. So I kind of went above and beyond that and I said okay if I have my loyal people with me my dream team and they're gonna stay with me as long as they're gonna stay with me yeah why don't I make sure that they blossom to the fullest and for me honestly I'm very proud of my team and I'm very happy to post their pictures on my social media my own personal social media as well to say you know what I do work with these individuals within my team and they are part of my family so my sales staff they are my family. I don't mind having their photo with a customer on my page. I'm not greedy like some other dealers <laughs> who just say, you know what, get out of the photo. I want my customer for my dealership. Well, and you know what, it, it just says a lot about um, you know your, your your compassion, your empathy, and your excitement for creating the team. But what I think is even says more is that your excitement and uh, compassion for people that are no longer working for you. Like you, you were just totally cool with it. Yes. You know, you're you're happy that you're actually legitly happy, right? That they've moved on and they're trying other things. That's uh, that's a little different. That's the thing <laughs> because, as I said, like for me, I honestly like I I'm happy for everyone that's worked for me. We became to a level that we became friends. Yeah. And for myself, I'm very proud of the fact that well, my wife. We can turn around whenever you want. No worries. My wife doesn't think that I can judge people, but I think I'm a very good <laughs> judge of people. So the way I do things is I tend to go based on my gut feeling <laughs> and based on individuals. So let's say if I like somebody, that's it. You're on my good side. <laughs> and my wife is like, why are you always giving everyone the benefit of the doubt? Why are you so close with these individuals? Why are you so close with your employees? As a boss, you should have that level. And I think that's but, but where it's worked for you. It may not work for everybody, that's but for thing. you as an individual, that's hundred percent what it is. And I want people to know out there that you know what, even if you're close with your coworkers, it doesn't mean that they're gonna walk all over you one day and things like that. You just gotta judge people and see how they are. Sure. And for course. me, I think my success has been the fact that I'm very open to people. I put everybody on top and they're the ones who basically over time let me know where they are yeah. so someone can go down on my scale or someone can stay where they are and where they started so for me as I said it's very different structure like I don't start people at the bottom and they got to work their way up I kind of put everybody on top sure and see if they can maintain that level or they're gonna move down on the see, scale. that's a very very different methodology right you understand that you know our entire industry is built on starting from a bottom as far as you know what I think of you as an individual my respect and so on and so forth and then through time your activities and your efforts and you will earn more and more That's of my loyalty and respect you are on the other hand of the polar opposite yes. you will get all my loyalty and respect but through your activities you, you will either maintain it. or That's you it. will slowly start losing it. exactly um, that's a cool dude. That's a mindset yeah. that I don't think a lot of people are able to maintain. <laughs> I think I'm so, gifted with it. So tell my wife that I'm gifted with it. No, I'm kidding. All right. So let's yeah. just make I sure know. if the wife's watching. What's her name? Uh, Frida. 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 You, you married a genius. Yes. We'll just throw that out there. I know. Um, 
Thank you, Jason. I'll pay you after for that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to cut that part just for free. Um, <laughs> I know. So, okay, I want to transition the conversation a little bit because we're in a pandemic. 100%. I mean, yes. Gosh, man. I mean, both me and you've been in this business for a long time. You've been we've in it longer than I have. Yeah, we've seen you, it. You've seen a lot of I've things. I've never seen but, it like this, though. Yeah, right. I've never seen it like this. I mean, just, it, I, I just, all of the strategies that I have from operations and marketing and just, I just had to literally throw everything out the window, man, and just realize that this is an entirely different world and environment. And, and, and I think it's through acknowledging that, accepting that, and then recreating what those operational strategies and marketing strategies are going to do. Unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, but there are a fair amount of people out there that are still just waiting for yeah. shit to get back to normal. 100%. And um, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I personally don't think we are. This just is our normal now, exactly. you know, from a, from a social perspective and we've yet to feel the economics of this yet. So, I mean, there's just a lot to come, but I want to kind of yeah. get your thoughts and feelings yeah. of kind of like the environment right now and how you guys as a, as a business are approaching yeah. it. Well, the reality is being in business for such a long time, you have to be able to adapt. Yeah. That's one of the things that a lot of people cannot do, especially with their personal life or with business. And I realize that if you want to be successful in business, you have to be able to be like the chameleon, change colors and move around and be where the environment takes you. Right now with the COVID, you need to change your business structure and your business model. And a lot of people, as you said, are just waiting to see what's going to happen. Yep. Right now, like as I said, we've adapted to a lot of things that we're actually trying to implement right now and changes are happening within our dealership as well Okay. about how we're actually coping with COVID. Can, can you give me a couple examples? Some of those things is uh, we're actually designing a whole new website which is in the works right now and it's almost Very being cool. finished which is basically you can do everything online so from choosing your car, leaving a deposit, purchasing your car to home delivery Very which cool. is a lot of people it's kind of hard for them to adapt to that structure as consumers as well well i mean for the last 60 years we've been doing everything we can to get them into the dealership exactly <laughs> now you, <laughs> you don't want them coming in <laughs> yeah. so right now as i said this was something i was working on before as well before covid as the market was changing everything was going online with like amazon and every company being able to do your purchases online as well as in the store so I told myself I'm like why don't I come up with this uh, new model of being able to purchase vehicles online having them delivered to mm -hmm. the consumer but to me when I was thinking about this it was kind of like a two three year process for me to get involved in it you know to get to that level but I think once COVID hit I think it kind of just pushed everything pushed faster. everything faster and right now as i said like we bought a trailer to uh basically put the cars in and you know deliver it you know anywhere in ontario or even like you know do shipping out of uh the province and to to us as i said like as market is changing i think a lot of dealers should invest into online purchasing so for consumers to be able to purchase online leave deposits online and also home delivery. Sure. Because I think that's where it's going and the industry is changing. Oh, dude, we're seeing the stats right now on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, I have dealerships that are exceeding, you know, year over year internet leads that are up 100, yeah. 110, 120%. They, they yeah. doubled more. It's not that yeah. the customer is not there, they're still there. 
they're just not in your digital or your, your sorry they're not in, in your physical store, dealership yeah. they're, they're in your they're. digital dealership so it's just how how can we facilitate that and i think it's really cool that you you're you're developing you're making yeah. the commitment in time which is a big one and in money all right to invest in that digital buying experience because the time is changing as well like if you don't do it you're gonna fall behind like it's just like those other dealers who you know didn't go online or you know they're not taking (laughs) pictures or not even advertising online i know a few dealers that are not advertising and they're hoping to sell cars dude i remember like very early on in my career actually having a conversation with a dealership about a website and just straight faced i mean 100 percent straight faced that oh, we don't need one of those people yeah. come into our dealership yeah. uh that this whole internet thing's a fab it, it'll yeah. be gone in a couple of years like in, in, i wish i had cameras back then yeah. because like it, it almost sounds like i'm making this shit up you know but it's it was that was that was a real thing yeah and i feel like we're in a similar position now but where people like ah no one's gonna buy a car online like you're ridiculous i don't need anything like that you know, like back then, I remember um, like almost 20 years ago. Yeah, that's I bad. we had a website. I was oh, I think you were early then. Yeah, I think for, for out some of cases, everyone yeah, that I knew, like all the dealers, I think I was the only one with a website. Mm-hmm. And as you said, they were mocking me. They're like, "Why do you have a website? Who goes on the website? Nobody goes to you. Everybody goes on Auto Trader." Yeah, you know that was the thing. And right now, like as you said, like Google is taking over, and you know. People are changing their habits of how they're purchasing vehicles and they're more comfortable doing their purchases online yeah. as opposed to like maybe even five years ago. So times are changing and we have to make sure we adapt to the changes that are happening because as, I, as you said too, if you don't evolve, you're going to fall behind. And there are other companies who are actually light years ahead of me that I need to catch up with as well. So like, I don't well, want to true. be there are other companies, the other yeah. verticals that have already, you know, gone to this exactly. level. Yeah. So it's weird for us to say as an industry, that's not going to happen. 100%. It's, you know, it's like, look, I think it was always going to happen. I think what COVID has done is just, just spit up. It just sped up the, you know, of, of where we'll potentially be. Look, there's always been a small percentage of people that are willing to buy a car online. I mean, I remember, you know, running a BDC, you know, 13 years ago, all right, and drop shipping Corvettes all over the country. You know, so, you know, they, they we have yeah. someone come out, a notary, do the paperwork with them, and we ship them the car. Like it was just yeah, that simple. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that the customer hasn't existed. The customer's always existed. I think the customer has just now got to the point now where they're just more accepting or or willing to be open to that type of process. Yes. You know, maybe not a hundred percent completely online, but you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, yeah. like it, it's moving. Then you add on the fact that just from a business operations perspective, COVID is going to force us to do it. Like, look, you know, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or, or a yeah. doom and gloom type of, you know, you know, person. But look, we're staring down the barrel of another closure. You know, I, and I hope to God it doesn't happen, yeah. right? But I, I, I just think it's crazy that we're not preparing exactly. ourselves for this. Yeah. We're at least having the bloody conversations of mm-hmm. what if? What if, yeah, you know, exactly. What if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah. How do we approach it? Are, are these tip, you know, I'm sure you guys probably have these conversations on a regular oh, basis. Oh, every day, every day, you know. And one of the things that we're doing to adapt to these changes, as you said too, like trying to get on board sooner than mm-hmm. later. Because right now, like as you said, there there might be other companies who already evolved to this selling tactic, and they're kind of 
taken over the market. Yeah. And we're just waiting to see what's going to happen. And as I said, like there's a lot of changes that are happening in the in the industry itself as well that we need to you know prepare ourselves for. One of the advantages that we have right now is our reputation and yes. you know most dealers should really care about their online reputation because it's going to be more important now than it ever has that's exactly what it is and they're taking it for granted like mm -hmm. one of my friends he's got a dealership i think his google reviews like at 4.2 or 4.3 and he doesn't respond to google reviews and you know he doesn't have that many but i told him i'm like why don't you you know do something about it and he just says, you know what? I'm selling cars right now. I don't need it. Oh my gosh. You Is know, that, you know what? I, yeah. I can't tell you how often, yeah. you know, I, I have a word for it. I call it full belly syndrome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So they're full right. They don't need to You know how they don't need to do anything. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. You just had a big meal. You're like, They don't ah, need to change right now. There's no need to do anything. I don't need to do, yeah. I don't need to do anymore. I have enough. And, um. I feel like that's it's kind of plaguing our industry right yeah. now is this full belly syndrome and I feel very much so right now more than ever because the last few sense. months we've come off some really solid months as an industry it's right true. you know yeah. we were we were closed for three or four uh, months I think it's like an elastic band into uh, yeah tour, you know so right now it's like everything <laughs> that was holding back it's like they let go so it's like your sales like quadrupled yeah yeah and mm -hmm. so so it's like everybody's yeah. just they're constantly talking about what they have accomplished, not what they could have accomplished. Yeah. And my fear is that that's going to put some of dealerships out there in a very bad spot. 100%. Especially like the smaller dealers. Yes. You know? And like for me, I'm very busy throughout my time. Like honestly, I don't have time to eat sometimes. Sometimes I eat like at four in the <laughs> I afternoon. Know, it's that way it is. And the problem is I go to some of my friends' dealerships and they're just sitting there on the computer doing nothing. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, what is it? And the thing is, too, as you said, like, they're, like, they're not motivated. They're not, you know, they're not. Well, so, so let's they're, talk about it because I think that's yeah. a good one because it's a mindset, right? Yeah. I mean, think about this. The whole time that I've been at your store, we've been shooting video, been recording a podcast. All right, you haven't stopped operating. Exactly. We've had to take cuts in between. Yeah. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. I got to deal with this. Like, it, it doesn't stop yeah. for you. So I'm curious. Where did that come from? Is that something you kind of got from your dad, or is that something that just kind of came from you, or is it you know a combination what it is? of everything? <laughs> I think um, this is another gift that I have. Too. Okay, okay, I can multitask. You know, <laughs> I can be talking to somebody right now and writing something for someone else and being on the phone with someone. And honestly, my guys are saying, like, how do you multitask with that? And my thing is too. Um, I don't forget things. I don't leave things behind and say, okay, I'm going to do it sure. another day. And I think the main reason to someone's success is for you to be able to tackle your obstacles right there and then. Yeah. Don't wait for it. Don't just wait and hope that it'll go away <laughs> because it'll just get worse and it's going to be harder for you to face it later. So for me, as I said, like any challenge or any obstacle that I have in my life even if it let it be personal or in business mm -hmm. I try to face the challenge when it happens and you know try to solve the challenge as well not just say okay you know what okay now I know about it <laughs> now let's move on you know so especially in the auto industry like you have a lot of customers who call you for different reasons and for us to be able to be where we are yeah I have to know my customers on first name levels I have to know them when they walk in the dealership I have to know who they are sure you know so to me to be able to do that with your customers is very important because as I said like if there's a hierarchy 
and when a customer walks in and they feel like you know every time they come in there's different staff every time they come in there's different faces they gotta talk to six they gotta they gotta explain themselves exactly they gotta explain themselves five times i think that's where the big advantage we have is for us being able to take care of our customers on a personal level so i I gotta ask you this um i I, what what you're describing is it was something i call the marathon is that you you know this is not a race yeah. You know, and I feel like in the industry, we're always kind of racing, right? Yeah. It's the first to the 30th. Yeah. It's the, you know, uh, beginning of the quarter to the end of the quarter. It's the beginning of the year to yeah. the end. Like, it's always a race. Uh, but I find, you know, visiting so many dealerships is that some of the most successful dealerships don't look at it as this this yeah. start and finish race. But what they do is they, they look at it as, a, as an ongoing marathon exactly. that never really has an end. So they, they, they personally find this, this pace yeah. that is comfortable with them. And they just continue to yeah. always run this pace from the second they clock in, you know, in the morning to the second that they clock in at night. They run that pace. So, you know, for I'm curious for you, like, there has to be this self awareness, right, for you to be able to know how you run that pace. You know, is this just again another gift, or is this something you had to work at to get to that point where you're consistently running uh, at that pace? Yeah. I think when you've been doing something for so long. I think it just comes natural. That's true. You know, uh, because like as I said, like I've been doing this 20 years and just like any other business, you know, at first you have your struggles, yep. you have your challenges, you need to adapt to certain, certain structures. And as I said, like for me, I think maybe my advantage or disadvantage is the fact that I've only worked at my own dealership the whole time and I'm the one who implemented anything that actually exists in that company. Yeah. So it's like kind of like trial and error. And I think people shouldn't be scared of trying new things because a lot of times, as you said, a lot of times they, they don't want to do anything because, you know, the structure they have works for them and they're just going to wait till see how far the structure can take them. Yeah. But on the other hand, like I think they should challenge themselves to a different level to see what challenges they can face themselves with and how can they resolve those challenges because as you said nobody knew COVID was coming and you know half the people weren't prepared for it and you know like a lot of dealerships actually shut down like a couple of my close friends had to close down their dealerships because of expenses and their own personal reasons they couldn't keep afloat they couldn't uh, keep the doors open well I I think what it kind of sounds like to me is that that mindset that you have is that you're running your race, your marathon, but it's a marathon of one. Yes. You, you're not running That's against exactly, others. That's you know exactly what I mean? what So it's like, is. so you're constantly taking yeah. in more, constantly running yeah. your race because mm-hmm. it's just you doing it. And you know, it's, good it's, thing you said you that. You don't have these outside sources, right? The good thing you said that because I personally feel in this industry, there's a lot of dealers that look to see what other people are doing. Constantly. And they like, fall behind on their own race yes and uh, you said it perfectly because for me like honestly like i don't know what goes on outside my box i don't talk to dealers i don't not that i don't talk to them i don't i talk to them but i don't care to know how many they're selling i don't care to know what they're doing i got my own style of selling i got my style my style of running a business the only thing i can do is educate myself myself and my staff through training podcasts through different uh, resources that's available to us, not what Nextdoor is doing or what the other guy is doing so that way I can copy what they're doing or whatever else. Because as you said, 
do whatever that works for you. Run your race. Run your race. I like horse racing. Um, I don't not necessarily the betting. Like I bet because it's fun. Um, but I love going horse races. I yeah. think it's just really cool. But you know the thing with horse races is that they put these little side blinders yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So they can't see yeah. the horses to the left or to the right of them. And 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 I find that some of the most successful owners, operators that I've met yeah. in this industry kind of has like these naturally yeah. built in, you know, side blinders where they just, they put these blinders on and they're just, just running your race. You don't, race. That's the thing. You don't know what's going on behind <laughs> you. That's you, me. You have no idea. That's exactly you have no idea. I didn't know they were doing that. I'm, yeah, I'm just that's exactly me right now. Like, as, as you said too, like for me, um, the way I operate my business, I'm just in my little box and we're just like, you know, like everyone's full force. And the best thing that I think I can do for my staff is to train them yes. and make sure they get updated regularly because a lot of salespeople that I do hire that I've had in the past, they don't want to change. No. And that's the problem that I see happening with a lot of people in this industry. They don't want to change at all, like even as you salespeople. Know, I, I, and especially with salespeople, right? And um, I actually, I struggle understanding that, you know, I, I usually try to do a really good job of just being open yeah. and understanding, you know, other people's truths because I understand it's just their truth, you know, but I, I do truly understand, don't understand the concept behind the fear of change. It's like, um, but, but I think that's just because we're running a marathon and we're, we got the blinder on, we're running a yeah. race. It's like, we almost just kind of embrace it. We expect that it's going to happen. And when that hurdle comes, we're just going to jump over it. We're just yeah. going to continue yeah, to move forward. We're just waiting to see right? what comes towards you. So, so yeah. like for us, that's kind of built in, but how do you train someone? I'm, I'm just curious your thoughts of like, how do you, how, how do you train someone to put those blinders on and not be afraid of, of change, but rather embrace yeah. it? The thing with my staff is especially my sales guys, mm -hmm. I try to keep them motivated. Yeah. And I try to assist them and help them and guide them. At the end of the day, everybody's their own individual. There's only so much you can do for a person. Sure. But having the right staff is very important. Like for some individuals, they're afraid to get rid of their someone that's been there for them for 15 years, but yeah. they're useless. Just because of the fact that they've been there for 15 years doesn't mean that they're good. It just means that they've been working for you for that long. And for me, I love change. And I think some of the best things that happened to my company is was because of change. Sure. Because you don't want to be at the same level that you will always been. And these changes will happen with that's a good point. big movements. When you embrace the change, you actually grow through it and exactly. you almost kind of next level up and you know, like a video game you just kind of like go to always the next level improve the change and that's as i said like it's hard to change because we're just as humans we're kind of used to what works for us and if it's working don't change it but sometimes if you kind of take an educated step towards something and yeah. basically see the benefits that's going to bring you you will dedicate your time to make the change Oh, 100%. Actually, you know what? And on that, I know our time is up. Um, this has been so much fun. But yes. for everyone out there that's watching and listening and would love to kind of follow along with you and the Bell Auto journey, what is the best way for someone to connect with you? Um, best way for me, as I said, you can follow me on social media. It's Bell Auto One. But with me on a personal level, you can 
always call me or text me and i think that's what it is with jason as well like if you can get in contact with someone i think that's the best way for the individual to be able to change themselves as well because you can connect with that person they're not hiding in the back office they're not you know they're not saying you got to go through this person or that person to get through me i think on a personal level for myself and i want everybody to know i tend to respond to everyone of my emails or text messages or my phone calls if you go through the trouble of calling someone or asking for assistance or just you know being there i think the least the other person can do is appreciate you reaching out to them and, and you know, connect, with, connect them. with them well dude this has been so much fun same here it's been a lot of fun dude thank you so much thanks i'll see you next time see you guys <laughs>